You're now locked into Zone 32. Grant Durflinger, Jake Miller, the infamous Drew. Only on NeutralZoneInfraction.com. End Zone Infraction. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another installment of the Zone 32 podcast. My name is Jake. His name is Grant. His name is Drew. Say what's up to the people. Hey. All right. So fucking, we've been gone a couple weeks. A couple weeks went by and things did not go well. I mean, two weeks, the last preview we did was a victory against the Browns and we played the Steelers and the Browns immediately following. And they both wound up being two wells. I won't go any further detail because that's what the, I'm not going to go any further detail. Drew, you want to fire Greg Roman into the sun along with Ben Powers, along with EDC. The floor is yours. Rant, sir. Well, so it's a rare day. EDC is like fifth on my list today. So, uh, you know, you got to start off with Greg Roman. Like, just fire him. Why is he still employed? Makes absolutely no sense to me. This has been five, six games in a row that we just have an anemic offense. I understand, like, Lamar got hurt, but, you know, Tyler Huntley looked actually decent for once. Wasn't overthrowing everybody. Overthrew a couple touchdowns Hollywood, but... You know, you're still running stupid screenplays, stupid draw plays. Why do you have a hot read for your fucking backup quarterback on a fourth and six to throw it at the number one cornerback on the Browns in a game-clinching situation? Like, who the fuck calls that play? That's got to be Roman because Roman's got to build that hot read into that play. You don't let your backup quarterback do that because your backup quarterback is a backup for a reason. Um, Just his play calling in general is fucking atrocious. The only thing worse than his play calling is our offensive line. Again, Ben Powers and Alejandro Villanueva would be gone. Like, there's no point for them being on this fucking team. They are so fucking bad. Uh, it's embarrassing to watch. Whoever the number one pass rusher is on the other team is in the backfield every single play because they suck. Like, there's just no way around that. They're fucking terrible. I think, you know, you can blame EDC for not – for signing Villanueva in the first place and thinking Villanueva could be your starting right tackle. That's a, you know, very stupid use of resources, a very stupid contract to sign. Clearly, he's 38 years old, and he is not the same player anymore. You had to bring him in for a workout to see what he had before you signed him. Uh, you have to be able to see that kind of shit, and that's fine. You can trash him for that. None of his you know, offensive line picks have panned out at all. Tyree Phillips is fucking terrible, but Tyree Phillips is a guard. So the fact that we're having him play tackle is not really his fault. Like you know, he, He's not good. He should never play tackle again. But I also can't sit here and get on him because that's not his position. That's not where he should be playing for this team. Um, you know, I'm a little ticked off with Lamar. Again, we're recording this on Tuesday. So, you know, supposedly Lamar is going to play Sunday. That, that is what all the reports say is that it's a low ankle sprain or, you know, nothing that serious. Why is he not back in that game? And so is that a Steve Saunders problem? You know, is our training staff that fucking stupid that you can't get your star quarterback back in the game to play? Like, this is a very important game. The Browns are a game behind us. And that now makes it a season series split. So that leaves it up to some fucking weird tiebreaker that, you know, we're probably going to have the disadvantage. So you got to get Lamar back on the field in that situation. There's no point in him not playing. I I just think that this team is like, we shouldn't be where we are. We shouldn't be eight and five with the kind of injuries that we have, with the kind of close games that we've played. Like, you know, if you looked at the roster in the beginning of the year and looked at everybody we're missing and you told somebody that we were be eight and five, they'd be like, in first place in the division at this point in the year, they'd be like, fuck off, you're lying. But we're there. So we need to capitalize on it. And, you know, it's all about getting into the playoffs, and I understand that. But, like, let's get in the playoffs with some momentum and fucking win some games and, you know, win a Super Bowl. Like, that that's the overall goal is to win the Super Bowl. So let's, uh, you know, look at what we have and kind of roll forward and, like, get shit going. 
Uh, Bateman looked good on Sunday. That is the one positive that I could take out of that game. Is that uh, and you know again with Roman to fucking harp on him again because you know, he needs to be fucking gone. He opens up the playbook for our backup quarterback. He fucking handcuffs our starting quarterback. Like he doesn't have Bateman on the field at all with Lamar. And then all of a sudden Lamar's off the field and you got Bateman running routes, fucking catching everything. He got robbed of his first touchdown because again the officials are blind. Um, you know we could do a whole fucking eight hour episode on how fucking terrible the NFL officials are. I mean we got penalized like. 15 times for like 140 yards and half of them were just fucking terrible calls. And then the other half of them were all honorable in a way, but so again, not terrible calls because he shouldn't be on the field, but I don't know. It, it was a fucking shit show Sunday. I'm hoping that, you know, we just fucked the Packers day up. I hope Rogers foot falls off, you know, on the flight over here. And that's a Jordan love game and that, you know, we can walk away with a win with that, but that was just fucking ugly. It's been an ugly two weeks. And I, I really just, you know, I want to have faith in this team and I want to say we're going to win, but like they're, they're testing my patience here. Well, to your point about Alejandro Villanueva not needing to be on the team, they cut him next year and save $6 million in cap space. So yes, bye. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. You just, Go home. Like, I mean, not to mention it was a $24, $25 million contract over two, over three years, some shit like that. You need to be making that kind of money. He's not even an average. He's a far below average starter at this point. He'd be a reserve tackle in the league if he still wants to play. Ben Powers needs to fuck off. Yep, Ben Ben Powers just needs to die. Like uh, I've just had enough of him. Why why draft Ben in the third round with limited picks? I mean, we didn't pick after the fifth round this year. Like I think we only had like six draft picks. You traded half of them away, or you cut Mason, and you're taking a guy to just warm your bench. Like what? What's the fucking point of that? Like we have offensive line struggles. Put in Ben Cleveland. He can't be any worse than Ben Powers. Not to mention, you could have had Trey Smith in the fifth round yep. and say he's a fullback who's not even on your team anymore. And even the slot corner from Ohio State who's not on your team anymore. You could have had him, and you're like, nah, I'm good. I'm going to draft these two players who aren't even going to make my roster. So, Well, and the, dra- the draft nerds were jerking off over the fucking Sean Wade pick. Like, he hasn't even suited up for the Patriots. So we nah, think he- that, is Ben Mason still on the Patriots practice squad? I don't even think he's gotten he's been active yet this year. Right. No, I don't think he is, but I'd have to I would have to Google that to find out. But anyway, last but not least, Mr. Grant, give me your thoughts on these past couple weeks and overall the shit show that we've been witnessing from our Baltimore Ravens. I mean, it hasn't been fun. So I mean, you know, the, all the injuries, it feels like every single game there's a huge key injury that somebody goes out and it's like, Oh, here we go again. It's almost like we're immune to it at this point. Um, you know, I, I'm with Drew on the sentiments of Greg Roman, you know, why he still has a job is beyond me. I mean, you're in the, you're in contention right now. The only thing maybe is, is switching signal callers mid season when you're in, you know, in the mix of a playoff hunt. But I mean, you have guys on the roster that could fill right in and do that, you know? Um, but you know, back to the play of the fourth and six, you know, you know, as the offensive coordinator, you should know that on that down and distance, the corner's playing inside leverage to alleviate that inside slant because that's a three-yard catch that could turn into easy six. So your first job is to, hey, I'm going to make him beat me outside, make the quarterback throw outside the numbers. So why are you, what are you doing? Like, there's so many other options, so many other plays, like, you know, and, and back to, like, Drew said, open in the playbook. I mean, like, we that game started out, it's such a boring script, and it's the same fucking script every game. 
And it's like, okay, we're cool with a three and out here. Like the way they just like jog off the field after getting a three and out for the first three series is just like, it's like, what are you doing, man? Open it up early. Like, what are you saving? I mean, I know we are a second half team, but you know, that's what adjustments are for. Quit being lazy. Make your adjustments. You know, you know what's working. The up tempo works. What took you so long to run the up tempo? We ran the up tempo in the second half with Huntley and he bought out. I mean, he had a hell of a second half. And, you know, I did say earlier, he needs to work on his pocket awareness big time. Um, you know, I think it, the Madden rating would probably be zero. Uh, you know, you know you can't stand still in the middle of a pocket for a three count. But, you know, he he played well. I mean, he did miss Hollywood on two deep balls. One of them was a game winner. Um, you know, he's got to get that part down. But, you know, it is what it is. You know, he came, he stepped in, had no idea he was going to play, and then he balled out, did what he did, almost won us the game. I mean, we got a one-side kick. It never happens. Actually, like two seconds before that, I was like, man, we never get these. And my son was like, started laughing. He goes, you never know. And then all of a sudden we get it. And I'm like, oh, here we go. We're going to win this game. You know, you just need about 15, 20 yards for Tucker. And then we come out holding, false start. <laughs> like, come on, man. Then you put yourself behind the chains 15 yards. And it's like, you know, it, it's just it, it's just stupid mistake after stupid mistake. We don't capitalize on turnovers. You know, I can't tell you how many dropped interceptions we had this year. You know, Brandon Stevens dropped one twice that, you know, it's like, dude, I, I don't understand it. Any other team, you know, like look at the picks that, that they had, you know, last week, you know, the Steelers week or, um, you know, who was the other one? The Dolphins, I think it was, where they're like Browns. diving Browns, Browns. No, I mean like three weeks ago, but like, they're like diving, you know, um, you know, fingertip catches, you know, one-hander interceptions, and our guys are letting it bounce right off their numbers. And it's like, it, you know, at some point it's got to give. Um, Lamar, it's it's hard. I heard people going around saying, oh, you should sit him. You know, I think that's stupid. Um, you're right in the middle of a playoff hunt. That's probably the dumbest thing that you could ever do. He's your leader. He's your guy. Um, it's not him. It's Roman. You know, he, it, Lamar is making mistakes. He is missing reads. I don't know what his – I mean, it could even be Roman. You know, Roman's the one that's setting the concepts. You know, he's the one that's saying, hey, this is your first read on this. This is your second read on this. This is your third read on this. So it might not even be Lamar, and he's not checking back, because if you look at the routes where they're wide open, his eyes are completely at a different side of the field, and you can watch his head moving, but it's the backside that's usually open. So it's like he's got to change his read set, or his read sets, and that's on the offensive coordinator. Um, but something's got to change, man. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we won out, and I also wouldn't be surprised if we lost out. Um, there's a lot of games this year where we could easily be, you know, three games ahead on the win column, but it didn't work out that way. We could also be five games back on the on the loss column, or five games ahead on the loss column. So, you know, it the whole team is kind of gelling together. They're running this whole thing, hey, next man up, but you're going to run out of people soon, um, and, you know, it's going to be tough. We make the playoffs. It could get ugly, but you know, I, I think we still, I think we still do make the playoffs. So there's a video floating around of Steve Smith. I think it's before the year where he talks about Greg Roman is going to be the one who holds Lamar back this year. And if Lamar is, you know, like uh, looks like he's, you know, taking a step back in his, uh, you know, progressions, that it's actually Greg Roman's fault. And he goes through and he highlights plays from the San Francisco days and then the Buffalo days, and then the Ravens days, and they're literally yeah. the exact same plays. And then we sit here wondering why all our receivers are blanketed every play, and it's because Greg Roman doesn't change shit up. He calls the same fucking plays over and over again, and then acts shocked that the defense knows what's coming. And it's like, how do you have somebody like that employed? Like, 
I literally think that you could pick a random fan out of the stands, show them our playbook, and they could call a better offense than Greg Roman. He got put in because he of his past with Michael Vick and Colin Kaepernick. It had nothing to do with his ability as a coach or a play caller. It was the fact that we drafted this shiny new sports car and nobody else knew how to deal with it except for this guy that was on the roster. And then when Mar- Marty was fired, he just automatically gets kind of put in because of that history. And then Lamar is so electric and so incredible that he's kept his job around. I mean, Harbaugh was almost fired. They were talking about firing Harbaugh midseason. It was the number one. He was number one head coach on the hot seat. And then Lamar gets a starting gig and goes seven and one at the end of the season. And you know, it's like he saved that man's job too. And then, but Lamar gets all the heat. You know, you don't hear anything about now. Roman's starting to get a lot of heat too, finally, because you know you got guys like Steve Smith, Ryan Clark, like they're out there, like, dude, what's this guy he, doing? He's still got his dick and, riders on Twitter. Roman yeah. still has fans that are like, if not Roman, then who? And he literally, literally, and literally, it's just like him. the. It's honestly his offense is like the Wildcat. If you get a quarterback that you really don't have a lot of film on, because look at what he's done with all those athletic quarterbacks. He got Vic, you know later when he got out of prison and everything so nobody knew what Vic had left in the tank or what to expect from him he had Colin Kaepernick at an early you know part of his career that you know not a lot of people knew he was a tall long lanky athletic dude with a strong arm and you know he he, nobody knew how to defend him yet there was no tape on him except for college so you don't really know what to expect in that type of offense and same thing with Lamar you know people wanted Lamar to go to wide receiver and so you got a guy that you okay what are his strengths you know can he you know, does he like to roll with right? Does he like to roll with left? What kind of, you know, does he, what kind of pockets does he throw from? Does he have arm angles? You know, how can we defend him? Like those little things that build up a lot are the reasons that keep him a job. And you know what? He's going to get fired from here. Somebody's going to pick him up. Somebody's going to draft an athletic quarterback in the draft next year. And then it's going to be the same story in the next three years. Well, and the thing with him too, is if you look at all his offenses, the first year, two years, they're very good. Because, again, people don't really have film. If you put Greg Roman in Chicago right now, Justin Fields would be a borderline MVP candidate. You know, David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert would go nuts. And then, you know, in year two and three, they'd suck because everybody would realize, oh, he's just still calling the same shit again. I I feel like people look at Greg Roman coming in and they're like, yeah, there's no way he's calling the same plays. And then they look at, you know, eight games worth of game film and they're like, nope, he's still calling the same shit over and over again. And then it gets figured out and the team gets stuffed. And, you know... I, I feel like Lamar has actually, you know, prolonged his career. I think that if you had like a, you know, a Tyrod Taylor caliber quarterback, like he had in Buffalo, who had a very good first year with him, that, you know, Roman's fired after 2020 because Lamar isn't there to save him. Like if Lamar isn't making magical plays and being Lamar Jackson, I don't think Greg Roman has a job. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. And back to the offensive line, I mean, it is an issue. We got, we, there's a lot of injuries there, but I don't get, I'm on the Bay Cleveland train too. You know, Ben Powers is getting his ass kicked every single play, and he looks lost, confused. You know, he's on the same side as Villanueva, so you got the two worst offensive linemen side by side, and they're just letting a whole floodgate open up for anybody. And that's why if you look at some of the zero blitzes, they most of the time they're overpowering that side, which I would too. So yeah. it, it, the offensive line's a problem. And, you know, it's not like – I mean, Murray can Murray – can, uh, pass block, but you know, outside of that, I mean, we don't really have any pass block and running back, so you you can't really leave somebody out. But the draws up with the zero the zero blitz coverages. I mean, you got guys like Dan Olowski making fun of Greg Roman, like weeks. What did he say? He said the other day, like six weeks in, and still have no um, you know idea about the zero, uh, the zero blitz. So it's like 
It's been a whole I mean, lot more in six weeks, bud. <laughs> Dan Arlovsky has the second most voted not top 10 play. The It's the butt fumble, and then it's him fucking running out of bounds away from, you know, for the safety from Jared Allen. Jared Allen, and he, is, yeah. and, and he is laughing at your offensive coordinator. Like, that's yeah. how bad Greg Roman is. I mean, no disrespect yeah. to Dan Arlovsky. Like, whatever. He may be NFL. I'll never be an NFL quarterback in my life. Like, fine. Good for you. But he wasn't good. He knows his he, shit, too. Yeah. Yeah, he knows his X's and O's, and he's looking at this like, what the fuck's wrong with you, Greg Roman? And, you know, honestly, if it wasn't for Harbaugh, too, like, we'd be fucked. I mean, no other head coach has the nuts to go for two in both of those situations that yeah. he did. Um, yeah. You know, you look at you look at the end of the Steelers game, like, you lose Marlon, you know, you're going into overtime. Do you trust the secondary without Marlon Humphrey to stop the Steelers from scoring a touchdown? Probably not. So you stop the rest of the game. And, you know, Greg Roman actually drew, drew up a decent play there, you know, other yeah, than fucking four, other than four of our offensive linemen falling flat on their fucking face. Like, there was, you know. You want to laugh at that, though. Well, so I'm looking at that, and it's like, so supposedly that was an RPO, and so that's why you let T.J. Watt come in unblocked, is that you're trying to have him be over-aggressive, and you kind of have Mark Andrews sneak out to the flat over there uncovered, and that's fine, but... Why are you faking a handoff to Devonta Finn? Nobody, nobody is going to key in on Devonta Freeman. Like nobody respects our run game anymore. So they're going to look at Lamar and they're going to look at the pass plays. Okay, fine. But you have four offensive linemen that end up flat on their fucking face, and you have Tyree Phillips standing in front of Chris Wormley, who's not even rushing the passer. He's just kind of standing there minding his own business. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, call and you know, call play that fucking works. And then that two point play with Huntley was a fucking horrendous play call. Like, it was a horrible throw by him. You know, you got two guys, you got somebody going shallow and somebody going deep in the end zone, and he throws it in the middle and gets picked off. Fine. But, like, you know, it, it's the right call to go for two in both of those situations. And thank God Harbaugh has the nuts to, you know, make that decision. But we have to execute on this. Like, you can't be making the ballsy play call there, the, you know, analytics play call, whatever the fuck you want to call it that people are pissed off about. Like, they're pissed off because they didn't work. If they worked, everybody would be praising on it. So, like, let's clean that shit up and make those plays fucking work, and then we're winning games. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. Precisely. And you guys' point about the division and everything, I think 10 and 7 will probably get it done at this rate because I mean, look at the other three teams and who they play the rest of the way. <clears throat> Bengals got Denver, this who knows. Then we play the Bengals. Then they get Kansas City. Then they finish at Cleveland. Cleveland gets the Raiders this week with a lot of their players on COVID, so who really knows on that front? Um, they already played Kansas City. I forget who they played week 16. They get the Steelers week 17, Bengals week 18. Oh, the Packers. They get the Packers on a Saturday night after they play the Raiders. So, I mean, that's that's not an ideal scenario for them. They could lose. They could definitely lose two of those games, putting them at 9 and 8. Pittsburgh, get the Titans, go to Kansas City to play the Chiefs. Cleveland coming to your house. And then the Ravens in Baltimore. So I think it's very light. It's it wouldn't be surprising to see the division winner at ten and seven or nine and eight. I think ten and seven gets it done. Possibly even if he lose to the Bengals this like this next week. But either way, my whole thing is is the Rams have a ton of guys on COVID, you know the COVID IL right now. Like who who the fuck knows what's going to happen with them? You know when they come to Baltimore. I mean we we can beat the Packers. Like the Packers are not that good of a team. They they've shown that they're frauds. Like, they, they, they've had those fraudulent games. So, obviously, they can come in here and get their shit pushed in. And you can beat the Steelers, too. So, I mean, there there's no reason that this team shouldn't win out and go, you know, 12-5. and five. Realistically, if they go 11-6, and six, I feel like they win the division. I don't trust Baker Mayfield. I don't trust Joe Burrow. 
I don't trust the Steelers in a clutch spot. Ben Roethlisberger is probably the best quarterback in the division who, besides Lamar. But again, like, are they going to go, you know, what are they six, six and one right now? So are they, you know, they're, they're 10, six and one at best. Like if we win more than 10 games and we beat them that last game of the year, like it's our division. So there's no reason that the Ravens should not have a home playoff game as a division winner this year if they execute. And my fear is again, is that, you know, we get in these close shootout games, like, we're undermanned on defense. Wink Martindale has done a fucking phenomenal job covering up for all those injuries. And he does not get enough credit for what he's done the last five games because the offense is not. He's not responsible for the busted coverages and the busted plays. He makes the right calls. It's not his fault his players aren't executing. Yeah, but yep. so those are going to happen. And, you know, the defense is going to get tired and you have the wrong people out on the field because everybody good is actually hurt. So, like, he's done what he can to kind of, you know, mitigate that damage and kept us in games. But the offense is not picking up their end here. And it's clearly because of play calling. And, you know, again, you can shit on Lamar's decision-making. You can talk about, you know, he's thrown too many interceptions. He's not making the right read. And that's fine. But that has to come back to the route combinations. That has to come back to him not looking at the right guys. in the same spot. We've been talking about for years. uh, His concepts are stupid. But there was arguments on Twitter where you got some of the the riders that are talking about, oh, yeah, let's – Blame it on the route concepts, or oh, it's the route concepts with the SpongeBob meme. It is the route concepts, man. Like when you're putting two of your players within a ten yard radius of each other on it, um, in routes or out routes, anything or crosses, anything like that. Like that—that's concepts. Like why are you designing a play for that? All you're doing is pulling two more defenders to that side, especially if one's a safety shade. Like it's—it's it's stupid. And you know, and like as far as like the the division goes, I mean. Of all four teams, Baltimore is definitely the most worthy to go. Of all four teams in the division, 100%. So even though it's an ugly division this year, if any team's going to win it, Baltimore is going to give them the best chance in the playoffs. So I mean, personally, I feel like. They're in the driver's seat. And speaking of route combinations, I don't remember if this is a lost episode that Max didn't post or not, but we were here pounding the table for Odell. Like, yeah. where the fuck is Sammy Watkins been? That was a lost episode. Yeah. Where where the fuck has Sammy Watkins been? I had people, I had that fucking Spencer Schultz idiot on Twitter telling me that, you know, Proche, Duvernay, and Watkins were enough, and that we had great wide receiver depth, and that we didn't need to spend money on a wide receiver. Look at what Odell has done for the Rams, and then look at what fucking, yeah, and look at what Sammy Watkins has done for us. He hasn't done jack shit this year. He's got like 26 catches for 300 yards. Like, that's not fucking good. And, you know, I wanted Sammy Watkins in the offseason, but, like, he hasn't shown up at all. Like, he... And I don't know if he's just not open because of shitty route concepts. Like, I don't know what the deal is. But I, I can tell you that Odell's going to get open and he's going to get touched on. And yeah. Yeah, that's Especially those short and intermediate up. routes. He Like, those short and intermediate routes he excels at, which is all Roman does. So, I mean, the fact that it is, I mean, it was a match made in heaven. But, you know, I guess smart football decisions don't always happen. No, because, you know, James Proche, you know, we, we drafted a 28-year-old rookie in the sixth round. So, we got to fucking, you know, sit him on the bench and pretend like he's going to be the next coming of God. Or, you know, we got a gadget player in Devin DuVernay that, you know, we run some gadget plays with, but then we put him out there running routes. Like, what the fuck are we doing? I mean, we, we've had to have Patrick Ricard line up in the slot multiple times this year because we have nobody else to go on the field. Why do you draft Tylon Wallace this year if you're not going to fucking use him? Like, he's a I baller, no too. Well, that's the thing. I mean, he might be a baller. I have no fucking idea because he's never on the field. So why waste a draft pick on a guy to be a fucking special teams player? Why is Miles Boykett still on the fucking roster? Like, you know, again, big, tall, fast guy that can fucking run block. Like, that's great. Like, you know, in the limited use that he's had in his past, like, he's been okay. He's not been a great draft pick, but he's not been a complete bust either. But, like, 
Why have him take up a fucking roster spot if you're not going to use him on offense? You know, if Hollywood. If I Bateman should. doesn't start getting a rock moving forward, Roman just needs to just – he already needs to fuck off. But Bateman's the best thing we got rolling on offense right now. He didn't yeah, start I, getting the ball Bateman more, or at least design more plays for him. He needs the Logan Roy level of fuck off. That's yeah. Seriously, he needs to walk up to Greg Roman and say, "Feed me the fucking ball, you asshole! You used a fucking first round pick on me. Like, throw me the fucking rock." That I fucking mean, he's, he's that good. fucking that non-touchdown was incredible. Like I, the way he made, adjusted and made a play on the on that ball was nuts. And then he kept his balance, kept his feet, and then he yeah, was he, in yeah, he a thousand got, percent. He got, he got yards after catch after catching the ball around a fucking defender. That was a horribly yeah. thrown ball by Huntley. Fucking makes the adjustment mid play, catches the ball, and takes that across the plane for a touchdown. And granted, we, you know, Freeman punched it in the next play, or uh, Murray punched it in the next play. So fine, like, no yeah. harm, no foul. But still, like, why are we not throwing that kid the ball every fucking play? Mark Andrews. But he opens had, up more for Hollywood, too. Yeah, and Mark Andrews has fucking dominated since Bateman has been healthy. And, you know, shit on Andrews for his drops here and there. I, I feel like his, um, you know, his clutch rating is a zero if we're talking about Madden ratings, but. He, yes. he, he's he's had a phenomenal year. Like, he's got almost 1,000 yards. Like, he's been very fucking good. And that's all because Rashad Bateman is there taking away pressure for the middle. But throw Bateman the fucking ball. Stop stop designing yep. routes to fucking, you know, Devonta Freeman out of the backfield or Latavius Murray out of the backfield. Like, those are washed, you know, running back threes in a normal year. Stop giving them the fucking ball and throw it to your number one wide receiver. No question about it. So, let's get in. We'll go. Now let's go further into this. Packers game on Sunday. They're coming in. They've they've dealt with injuries as well. Jair Alexander's missed most of the season. I know they he's in that 21 day window for their IR off of IR, so he could be back this week. But it looks like he's more likely going to be back against the Browns, not back this week. Darius Smith, we missed at the time when he left. He fucking he's missed a lot of time. He, I'm not sure if he's still out for the year. He might be coming back for him, but it's not this week. Bakhtiari looks like he probably will be back this week. Rodgers gets his all-pro left tackle back. Jealous. But nonetheless, the Packers are still winning games. And as you said before, Drew, yeah, they are fraudulent. Though, to be fair, there is the first, every team in the NFL this year is fraudulent. Yeah. There's no there's no good team. Like, not, not a great team, either. There's decent teams. Everyone's basically at that stage. But a dominant team, a clear-cut favorite to win the Super Bowl? Fuck no. Cardinals just got blasted by the Rams this past weekend, this past Monday night. The Bucks seem to be turning it on, but they almost lost to Buffalo, and Buffalo looks okay. And again, Buffalo was, for most draft, for most analysts, the clear-cut favorite to win the AFC East, and the Patriots look like they're going to run away with that with their quarterback throwing three passes in a game. So that's always fun. Um, yeah, so either way, Grant, I'm going to start with you and get back to the subject. What are you looking for, other than a dub, in this game on Sunday afternoon around 425 Eastern Standard Time? See, a sense of pride. You know, I mean, there's a like we've already said a million times already, you know, we got a division online, a playoff seat on the line. You know, at this point, somebody's got to rally together and get some pride and suck it up and start making some plays. I mean, the lack of big plays, the lack of, um, you know, responsibility – you know, within the offense, like it's it's just anemic right now. And but in the Packers, you know, definitely a winnable game. But at the same time, the Packers' strengths are our weaknesses. You know, you got a big physical receiver on the outside. You got a great pass catching running back um, that's quick with an inside runs as well. Your defense, you have outstanding edge rushers. 
Um, you know, that's a problem for us. You got an aggressive safety duo. So, I mean, that's, you know, that's a problem sometimes for us. And, you know, and can, that's where Mark Andrews and this matches need to come in. Um, Darnell Savage, he's aggressive. I love his style of play. Um, the, the game itself, you know, it's going to come to the offense. We know that defense has been playing well, you know, they've been holding their end of the deal. Um, it's kind of hard when you're on the field for 70% of the game. So, you know, it gets tired in the third, fourth quarters. But um, whether Huntley or Lamar plays, this is a must-win. You know, even though the Bengals next week is probably going to be for the division, um, you know, this is a must-win game. I want to see the running game get back on track. You know, it, it's like Roman is like a shiny new toy sometimes. Like like last week, he ran a couple counters, and they worked great. And he ran them in the same down-and-distance situations. Like So, like, when you're watching film and you understand that, you look at those things, okay, they busted out 15 yards on this counter play watch for that on this situation or this formation. And, you know, it's like he, he got excited. He ran it like two times within, I think, four or five plays. And I was like, dude, he's on the counter. Like, it's a, it's a counter because you're trying to change things up. Um, you're trying to flow the defense. But, you know, I think they need to get that back on track. You know, keep Bateman in the game. Feed him the rock. Like we've already said, you know, there's no reason he shouldn't have 10, 12 targets this game. Um, you know, take advantage of the passing game, the home atmosphere. Um I want to see Anthony Averett, you know, I want to see him back on track. You know, he's, he had a great game last week. Um, but, you know, he, he's been really stepping up. And without Marlowe, you know, he's got to be the guy right now. And, you know, hopefully Jimmy comes back, you know, which I would see why he wouldn't. Um, you know, it gives him an extra week to get healthy. So, you know, go Ravens. I think we can pull this one out. Um, hopefully the team shows up and we can start fast, though, man. We need to start fast. Drew, it's all you. I mean, I think you have to go into this game knowing you have to score 30 points to win. I, I think the Packers are going to score 28 points on us. They're they're a good offense. We're banged up on defense. I mean, you know, OA can come in and disrupt Rodgers a little bit. Maybe Houston gets a sack here or there. You know, maybe a defensive back holds on to an interception and you limit them to like 21 points. But Devontae Adams is too good. He's not going to be held down by Avert the entire game. He's going to get loose. He's going to score a touchdown. Like, it's just going to happen. You have to have Greg Roman call an actual good game to win this. You have to put up 30 points. You have to get the run game flowing. You have to throw the ball to Bateman. You have to throw the ball to Andrews. You have to get Hollywood involved. And, you know, I, I'm hoping Lamar is back. Um, I, I've not been the biggest Huntley fan. Obviously, he's your backup quarterback. If you're sitting here talking about you need your backup quarterback to put up 30 points, like that's not a good way to win a game. So I just think that, you know, you need to come out guns blazing, score early and often, and hope that, you know, you can limit the Packers' offense. You know, play like a bend-but-don't-break defense, make them, you know, drive the ball down the field, no big plays, and just kind of hope for the best there. It's a very winnable game. And, you know, like I said, the Packers, every team in the NFL has had a fraudulent game. Packers have had, you know, more than their fair share. And I'm hoping with Rodgers banged up and, you know, a defense that, is not usually what he sees. You know, a lot of the NFC defenses are kind of straightforward. They're going to rush four at you, seven into coverage, and Rodgers is going to send the pocket and pick them apart. Like, Wink's a little bit more creative than that. I'm hoping it just kind of slows him down, throws him off his game, and that, that's just enough for us to win. But if we're going to score under 20 points again or, you know, under 25 points, like, we're not going to win that game. So it really comes down to Greg Roman. It really comes down to the play calling. And he needs to get right or he needs to be gone. I mean, he needs to be gone regardless, but like this is a, you know, this is a game for his job right now. He needs to coach like this is he's going to get fired if we don't win. That's the problem, though, is we need him to have a great game. 
and the coach and the coaching booth there for us to win this game. So the fact that we got to rely on him in a sense is the problem at hand. That's the problem, the issue that we all have as Ravens fans. It's the problem that probably a lot of players have. You know, they can't. You know, they, they know football. Players aren't stupid. They got to. They can't say anything. You know, obviously. But you know they're not they're not dumb. They know what works, what doesn't work. They see the things in the game, and you know you got a guy that's calling a middle school offense, and it's just like it's it's just frustrating for both sides. I mean, you had Des Bryant's corpse and fucking Willie Sneed talking shit about your offensive coordinator in the offseason, talking about how his offense is not good for receivers and they're never going to score enough points with him. And you have fucking it, Willie Sneed's unemployed, as far as I know. Des Bryant is unemployed. You know. You had Hollywood Brown tweeting about, you know, like, why have soldiers if you don't use them, which is a stupid fucking tweet, but he's right to an extent. Like, everybody shits on Greg Roman constantly. Like, Greg Roman should come out, hang his nuts on the table, and say, fuck you, uh, I'm the offensive coordinator of this team. Because well, why was he not involved at all in the Steelers game? He would have been such an asset in that game with the way the game flow was going. Like, that would have been, like, his game. That would have been a breakout game for him. And he, I, 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 what was his snap count? It had to have been under 20%. No, he was on the field for 60% of the snaps, but he was running a fucking fly route every day. Because yeah, Greg Roman was I didn't like, even oh, see fast. how bad it was. Oh. Yeah, because he was sending him on streaks on the sideline, and TJ Watt was murdering Lamar before he could beat his man. And so it's like, it's the same shit of Greg Roman's like, oh, short, fast guy, you know, I'm going to throw it deep to him. And it just doesn't fucking work. Like, give the guy the ball, give it to him in space, and let him fucking do something with the ball. I mean, again, like, playmakers. Yeah, I, I'm not a Hollywood Brown fan. I, I fucking trashed him for years. I call him Midget Wood. I mean, he touches the fucking ball. Like, I, I've made no, you know, secret about the fact that I think he was the wrong pick that year. And I think A.J. Brown would have been the much better pick. But, like, he's on your roster. Fucking use him. Like, he's fast. He's, you know, he's shifty. He's got, he's got a good hand. Pick. Yeah, get him the fucking ball in space. Get, get him the ball in space and see what he does with it. Because it, it can't be any worse than giving the ball to, like, fucking Tyson Williams or, you know, Latavius Murray or Devonta Freeman. Like, Give your guys the ball and see what the fuck happens. You have nothing to lose at this point if you're Greg Roman because you're fired at the end of the year if the Ravens aren't good. If the Ravens offense doesn't fucking wake up and figure it out. Like, he's going to be looking for another job, so you might as well just fucking go balls to the wall and see what happens the last couple of weeks of the year. Do you, do you think that if we com- show up on Sunday and the offense is completely just non-existent again and we drop three in a row, do you think that the talks heat up? Yes. I, I, I hope that this is a fucking Cam Cameron situation. I mean, again, yeah. that team started off. I, I think they started off nine and two that year, the Super Bowl year, and then they they sucked. They they dropped a ton of games at the end of the year. I think they lost five out of their last six. Linton in the fucking playoffs, and then he got canned at some point because again, even John Harbaugh, who is you know uh, inept when it comes to offensive coaching. I mean, look at his fucking look at the offensive coordinators that guy has hired. You know, Mark Tressman, Greg Roman, Marty Morningweg, Cam Cameron. Like, just fucking endless train of losers. He had two hits. One of them left for Detroit right afterward. And Gary Kubiak basically, like, was dead after he left us, you know, with all his, like, heart condition going on. He's had two hits, and he's had a bunch of fucking fails. Like, you know, even when he sees somebody sucks at their job and fires them, like, everybody else knows that they suck at their job and they, they should get fired. So my, my best hope for this year is that Greg Roman figures it out and gets a head coaching job in the offseason because he cannot be back in 2022 and I think that he's going to be the reason we don't win a Super Bowl this year. If we don't win a Super Bowl this year, it's going to be squarely on Greg Roman. Most definitely. Well, also going back to your point on Avery needing to do a good job on Monte Adams, they need to treat him like they treated Antonio Brown back in 2016, where they were doubling and triple teaming him at times. You can't let Devontae Adams beat you. He will cook you. One-on-one coverage, that's a wrap. Even if Marlon's on the map, he's 
too quick off the line. His his movement, he's that man is phenomenal. He is like was it Keenan Allen is a poor man's Devonte Adams. That's what I'm gonna say at this point. Devonte Adams is that. That's that man. Devonte Adams he, is he the best wide receiver in the NFL. There, yes, there, exactly. There's no question anymore. You know, I, I'm a Michael Thomas guy. I'm a DeAndre Hopkins guy. Devontae Adams is just better than both of them. Like, yes. he's going to get his. And, you know, you can put Everett on him. You can put Stevens over the top. You can put Chuck Clark over the top. You can put Welch or Queen or whoever the fuck you want inside. You can triple team him. He's still going to get his catches. He's still going to get his points. And so my hope is that you just limit that. And, you know, you yeah. hold him to, like, seven catches for 100 yards and a touchdown. Instead of let him have fourteen catches for two hundred yards and three touchdowns. Exactly. This is gonna be a uh, this is gonna be an Alan Lazard game. He's yeah. gonna be the one who give us problems. Well, see, so him or um, Valdez Scantling, like those are the two that are gonna you know we're gonna put too much emphasis on Devonte Adams, and one of those two is gonna run free into the end zone. But again, yeah. if that happens once, you can live with that. If that happens three times, you're fucked. And so it's well, you know the like, tight end, uh, you know the tight end's gonna score, so you might as well go ahead and just book that on Fanduel. Good old Mercedes Lewis. Y'all remember him from the Jaguar? Yeah, Mercedes Lewis and Navarro are fucking, you know, Mercedes Lewis is like 106 years old, and I guarantee he gets five catches for 70 yards on touchdown. (laughs) Although, although I I mean, again, you know, we've we've harped on this last couple of weeks. Patrick has looked fucking phenomenal since, I think, the Miami game. And, you know, if that continues, maybe he can lock down a tight end or – you know, Jimmy Smith can stop popping out babies and fucking playing the game. That would be great. And that's that's your that's your tight end stopper. That that that's your cornerback who has lost a step, but is big enough to you know stand toe to toe with most tight ends in the NFL. That's true. Anyway, that's gonna do it for us this week. We'll be back at some point to review what transpires with the Ravens next week or the week after, and we have to talk about the Bengals and chili spaghetti or whatever the fuck else goes in with those inbred bastards over there in Kentucky. But meanwhile. I have a noise to make. Grant Durflinger, Jake Miller, the infamous Drew. Zone, zone 32.